Good morning, church, and welcome to today's sermon. It's great to be able to share with you in this way. It's the first time I'm preaching to you or sharing with you uh, in this format, and it's very exciting for me, and um, I'm really looking forward to what we have to speak about today. Unfortunately, my dad had a bit of an accident, and so he's probably going to be out for another week or two, but uh, we'll pray for him, and I'm sure he'll come back better. But apart from that, we'll take a slight break from the biblical narratives that he's been doing. And today I want to look a little bit at the commandments, specifically the first commandment, which we will start with. Now the commandments are found in, the first set of commandments are found in Exodus 20. Unfortunately, they did not really survive because Moses broke them when he came down from the mountain. But uh, I'm sure he got his steps, his Samsung health steps going up the mountain again. But um that's what we'll be looking at today, the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And this is found in Exodus 20, verses 2 to 3. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, some background to this commandment. God delivered the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt. And we know this. God, the great exodus from Egypt with Moses and Aaron, they spoke to Pharaoh and the plagues, and then eventually Pharaoh let them go. Now the Israelites, when they crossed the Red Sea, they're in the desert of Sinai, in the wilderness, and God laid out his moral and ethical outline, his guidelines for his chosen people, their preparation to become God's chosen people. Because you can't just become something, you need a bit of preparation, and God needed to graft them into his Israel. So the first three commandments address our relationship with God. And this is very important, and God considers them the most important. That's why he put them right at the beginning, the first three commandments. And obviously, the very first command will be the most important of them all. Because without a proper relationship with God, everything else falls away. 1 John verses 3 to 1 says, See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are his children because they don't know him. Can we say that we know him? Not if we ignore the importance of the first commandments. We cannot say that. That's why we need to remember the importance of the first three commandments. And specifically, what we are talking about today the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. You see, the world seeks a horizontal relationship. Everything's about man-centered. We want relationships with people around us, what people think about us, what we think about ourselves. There's all the self-help, how to love yourself, how to be the best you can be, and all that sort of thing. But that's not what God expects from us. God wants a vertical relationship. What does he think about us? What do we think about him? Do we give him the honor, the love, the service that he deserves because he is our creator? Walter Kaiser, evangelical writer, says, the ground of all morality begins, yeah, I'll say that again, the ground, the foundation, the beginning of all morality begins, yeah, talking about the first commandment. So let's begin with having no other gods. And now from this commandment, I found two points that I'd like to share with you. And the first one is, 
the heart of worship. We need to have a heart of worship. And that is our inner loyalty to God, a matter of giving Him the honor that He is due as the one and only God. Many only seek loyalty that benefits them. And this is human nature. We live in a world of instant gratification, a selfish and greedy world where everything is about me. What can you do for me? What can I get out of this? How will this improve my life? Yet God created us. And more than that as well, He came down to die for our salvation when we were dead to sin. An eternal promise of life He gave to us. Just as God brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt, Jesus brought us out of slavery to sin, and he deserves our loyalty, a heart of worship. Psalm 40 verse 8, the psalmist says, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Do we take joy in doing God's will? A heart of worship is rooted in delightful God and his ways. John 4, 23, but the time is coming, indeed it's now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. You see, we need a spirit of worship, but equally important, we also need truthful worship. Spirit of worship comes from within, a love for God, devotion to him. And truthful worship is sincere, real worship of the real God of the Bible, not other gods that we think are gods of the Bible. And that's how all these cults begin as well. The closest that people can get to mimicking real Christianity, the closer they can get to our vocab, the closer they can make their gods look like the God of the Bible. That's the most dangerous cultish practices. And it doesn't have to be mainstream cult stuff. It can be anything that distracts us. So many things, the closest that can get to looking like God, that's when it grabs us. And that's when we break the first commandment because we are having other gods before him. Rather, we need to delight in God with a spirit of worship and we need to know God for truthful worship, a spirit of worship and truthful worship. And this is where we can examine our own hearts of worship. Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold. So if I'm sniffing and coughing, it's just because I'm recovering from that. If we do not have a spirit of worship, we will have other gods because our delight is not exclusive. I'll say that again. If we do not have a true spirit of worship for the one and almighty living God, we will have other gods because our delight is not exclusive to him. And if we do not have truthful worship, we will worship whatever appears to be God. If we do not have truthful worship, we will worship whatever appears to be God. Why? Because we do not know the God of the Bible. We have neglected to read about him, the true God. We've neglected the truthful aspect of the heart of worship. Now, the second point is the act of worship. Action is absolutely mandatory. Over and over again, we read about action and faith working together in scriptures. There are so many examples, Abraham, um, Jonah, uh, so many things. I mean, there's a whole chapter in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 11, about faith. Uh, but I found one that sort of summarizes everything, and that's in James 2, 14 to 19. 
And James says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if somebody claims to have faith but has no deeds? You see, let's take the example of Abraham. He didn't claim to have faith. God called him and he acted. He had deeds. James goes on, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and be well fed, but do nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God, good even the demons believe that and shudder. Are you comfortable and satisfied thinking you have done just enough merely to believe that there is one God? James says the demons believe that and shudder. And that is not holy fear like we should have. We, you see, we are no better than the demons if we do not have an act of worship that supplies our faith. Let's go back a little bit. God introduces his whole moral system, his whole ethical guideline, by introducing himself. If we look at verse 2, Exodus 20, verse 2, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Who brought you out of Egypt? You see, God has set the example. He acted on our behalf, so we should act for him. He didn't just choose the Israelites and that was that. He acted for them. And by doing that, God has set the example for action. Nothing else in life should concern us more than to love God and to be loved by Him. And we know that He loves us. John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that ever who believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. We know that God loves us. So what should concern us then? We need to love God back. We really, really need to love God back. And that's not just the heart of worship, but an act of worship. Now that doesn't mean we cannot love other things, but not more than God. God has given us things to enjoy, a new house, a new car, a promotion, your wife, your family, your children. God has given us things to love. But as soon as anything comes before God, that's when we have a problem. And just a little interesting side note here. The original Hebrew for before me um, is Alpana. And literally that translates as before my face. And the idea of face in Hebrew has to do with focus and attention, but also turning. So anything that turns our focus, attention away from God's face, away from God, that is when we have had other gods before him. And that is when we have broken his very first commandment upon which everything else stands. And when we violate this commandment, it's not so much that we break his rules, but more that we do not actually have any real relationship with him. It's not a legalistic thing. It's a personal thing. And that's more serious. If we do not have relationship with God, who sent his only son to die for us, then what good are we? Where do we stand? We are in danger in the fires of hell. So, 
How do we translate a heart of worship into an act of worship? There is a negative to positive principle in the commandments. And if I do more of these, we'll work through each of the commandments as we go along. And later on, we'll get to the more legalistic stuff like do not murder, do not steal, do not lie. But the negative to positive principle has to do with do not murder, but therefore protect life. Now, that's not said in the commandments, but that's what is implied. Do not covet. Therefore, be content and grateful for what you have. An act of worship begins with acknowledging that the Lord alone is God. And then it is a matter of doing. Deuteronomy 6, 4, 5. Yo, Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Lord your God. You shall, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That's not just inwards, but it's action. An act of worship begins with acknowledging that the Lord alone is God, and then it is a matter of doing. John 13, 34 to 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Let's read that last one again. Your love for one another will prove to the world, the world who does not know God, but we not we know God, okay? So the love that we have for one another will prove to a world who, do, who does not know God that we are his disciples. There's so much practical uh, implication in what we do when we love one another. A world that does not know God is not interested in reading about the God of the Bible. They're not interested in hearing about what he has done. That's not the way, the way of man, the nature of man. But what they are interested in is can they see what are we doing for them? What are we doing for other, for each other? Is there love? And that's what draws people. When they can see how much love we have for one another, they all think, Yo, you know, I want some of this love as well. Because, you know, that's the, the nature of man. What, what can I get out of this? And that's what I mentioned right in the beginning. Loyalty only suits a lot of people when they can get something out of it. Now, I'm not saying that's the, the case for why we need to love God. But there's no point in reaching out to somebody who does not know God merely by Bible bashing them and all that kind of thing. They need love, and that's what we need to do. We need to serve God with love. So yes, we must honor our parents, protect life, be content and grateful. But most important, love one another as God has loved you. Now this also involves shutting off anything, absolutely anything, that will undermine the first commandment. Resist temptation to put other gods before the living God. Money, fame, power, pleasure, laziness, greed, music, TV, magazines, new car, new job, new wife. Uh, well, the new wife is a little bit more, God will never tell you to divorce someone, so you shouldn't be getting new wives if you have already. But sometimes these things can be good too, but never before God. Like I said, God gives us things. He blesses us with material stuff as well. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things are the things of the world. He wants to bless us with nice things, 
But as soon as these things take the place, come before, turn our attention away from God, that is when we have violated the first commandment. That is when we have put other gods before the almighty God. And that is when we have broken relationship with Him. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 to 15. So, my friends, flee from the worship of idols. And we'll talk about idols as a second commandment. But flee from the worship of idols. You're reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I'm saying is true. How do we decide for ourselves if we are putting other gods before Almighty God? Well, He's given us His Word. He's given us the spirit of discernment. We need to sit down and examine what we are placing before God in our lives. Sometimes it's not so obvious. We can wake up in the morning and the first thing on our mind is, Yo, I need to read my devotion. I need to pray quickly. But then what happens? We're running out of time. We need to eat. We need to shower. We need to brush our teeth. These things distract us. But we are violating the first commandment, friends. We are breaking relationship with God. We need to be putting Him first in everything. And it seems like such a, a, a not-so-serious offense. Oh, I forgot to read my devotion in the morning, so what? I'll do it later on. That's a horrible attitude. We're not putting God first. This is the first commandment He gave us. It's got to do with relationship with Him. Why are we taking that so lightly? We need to be more and more serious about this. We need to be serious about our relationship with God. Even the demons believe and shudder, but what are we doing about it? So, in conclusion, we need a heart of worship, our inner desire to want and love to, and serve God, and a delight in Him and His ways, in spirit and in truth. Spirit is our delight, our desire to want to to know God and to serve Him. And truthful worship is knowing who the God is that we serve. And secondly, the act of worship, our response to our heart of worship, loving God and loving others by doing, but also resisting whatever else we want to put before God. Amen. Let us pray together. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for reminding us about the importance of a relationship with you. Father, we're sorry where we've broken commandment number one over and over again. Every day we're breaking it. Every day we put other gods before you. And, and we're sorry, Father, we, we've taken it so lightly. We've, we've not taken you seriously. We pray for forgiveness. We want to say we are sorry. And we pray that you'll open our eyes to where we are putting things before you. We don't want the things of the world, even though our flesh wants it, our spirit wants you, Father. We want relationship with you, and we fail over and over again. So many things turn our attention from you. So many things direct our focus to the things of the world. But, Father, we do not want to be like the world who says they don't know you. We know you, Father. We want to know you, the God of the Bible. So I pray that as we move forward, that we'll develop, develop a heart of worship, a spirit of worship and truthful worship, and that we'll translate that into an act of worship. Help us to love you, Father, by doing. Help us not to sit around and wait for something to happen, but to take initiative, to get out there, 
and to act for you in love. And thank you that other people will see this love and that they will come to know you, the true God of the Father. We bless you and give you thanks, almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining with us, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye-bye.